Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle, watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Today, there is an auction for vehicles, contractor and rental yard equipment, ATVs, UTVs, tools, mini skid steers, air compressors, and more. Auction is open right now at rollerauction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. All right. Top of the morning. I'll tell you something. I'm driving to a show today. I usually drive up uh, Dry Creek Road. Mm-hmm. I don't understand some people on the road why they get so skittish and so afraid when they see the word sheriff on the side of a car. When, when a policeman and I have beyond respect for policemen and what they do. And, of course you do. And, and because of events that I have worked. Sure. Because of the things that they deal with. I mean, you, generally speaking, would see somebody's physical wounds. You don't see an officer's emotional wounds. Sure. For what they see every single day. Yes. You just can't comprehend it unless you walk in their shoes. So, ultimate respect for policemen and women, yada, yada, yada. But the absolute fear of driving on the road when you see a police officer on the road is breathtaking. And this is what I mean. You can see a police officer on the road, and this happened this morning. 40 miles an hour, traffic way backed up. Mm-hmm. He's driving, or she's driving, 35. And everyone is behind them. You are allowed to go 40. You're even allowed to go probably up to 47. It's odd because you're right, and it's anywhere. And I you w- see it all the time. And you know what? I was the risky dumbass that drove right next to him as he was going 35, sped up to 46, put on my turn signal, got in the left lane in front of him, and I just kept going. I wasn't doing anything illegal. I didn't feel I was doing anything risky. But everyone's like, I, I, I know the speed limit is Look 40. At that guy. But, but if he's going 25, I better go 25 because I might get a ticket. You didn't get a ticket, did you? No. That a boy. No. No. For an illegal left turn, I did, but not speeding. Yeah. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Pro Football Network is reporting this year's salary cap is expected to jump from $225 million to roughly, their reports, up to $250 million. I find that number to be interesting <laughs> and certainly coincidental right. that the Broncos right now are about $24 million over the salary cap. This is before the whole Russell Wilson thing is about to happen. That If that happens and it's expected to, their dead cap will be completely, or not dead cap, their being over the cap will be completely erased. erased. Right. Right? Yeah. So they'll start fresh. So with that, I know we have the Wilson thing coming up. We don't know if they're going to do it one year, two years, yada, yada, yada. If this happens, that it goes to 250, does that change your outlook on free agency, restructuring contracts, yeah, overall outlook? I don't think probably too much. But, I mean, 25 mil is 25 mil, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it puts you in a better position. This is still going to be an offseason of restructuring, creative financial considerations, all of these things, that's where the Broncos are. 
and an extra $25 million in the coffers, well, to you and me, no, to me, not to you, may mean a lot. But to an NFL team, uh, it doesn't move you much off center. It helps the Broncos. Yeah, it does. It does help the Broncos. But don't forget, it's not isolated. It helps all the other teams, yeah, I, too. Right. So, yes, the Broncos are at even right mm-hmm. now. Teams that are over the cap, they will now have an extra $25 million to spend. Sure. So don't think for a minute suddenly you're going to be able to get into a bidding war with somebody over someone because they have $25 million. You're at even. They're plus 25. The goalposts move for everybody. And that's my point exactly. So, and, and, and so, so, yes, on one hand, maybe it cuts down a restructure here or right. something here. May, may, yeah. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, it, it basically just moves everybody from X to Y or whatever it is. Right. I mean, so now we're on a, now we're at a new starting point for March when the second, when the new fiscal season begins, it's all good, but no, I don't think it changes too much of what the, uh, the challenge that faces the Broncos, because Anytime that you're taking on $85 million of dead cap in two years. Now, there are ways that you can do this. Um, and there are some people, uh, Sportac and others that I've read, that are suggesting take the brunt of it in the first year instead of taking the brunt of it in the second year, for instance. So, so there's ways that are over my pay grade that you can structure how you've got to atone for the 85. But at the end of the day, Eric, you know, and I know you still got to account for the 85 million and that's not going away. And changes in the salary cap aren't going to make it go away. The cap is going to continue to go up. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, like the sun going up. Sure. It's going to go up. I mean, not, I'm not trying to make a parallel between the sun going up and the cap going up, although that's true, but it's as automatic every single year with all the money coming in from TV deals that's going to continue to go up. Does this $25 million gift, in theory, to the players, to the teams with the salary cap, how much do you think it might affect what they decide to do about Russell Wilson, whether it is eat it all this year or spread it out. Because remember, cap's going to go up next year as well. Mm. Right? Yeah. Let's say it goes up another $25 million. There are... You correct me if when I'm wrong. You're wrong. Well, I know that I usually am. But here's my thinking. And you're wrong on that. You've got thinking. $85 million that you've got to account for. Yep. You can do it on the low end this year with a portion of it. Take more next year to deal with. You can do it all at once, or you can flip it. You can do more this year, less next year, but it still has to add up to $85 million. Well, there's only two options. You split it like $37 million, and then something like $48, 49000000 million the following year, or eat it all at one time. Or you flip. You, you no, can, you can't flip it. I think you can. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Well, we might have to, either, either we might have to get. we might have to get some... Some arbitration on that one. Okay. I th- I think you can, but 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 regardless, remember he's get, he's slated to be paid a certain amount this mm-hmm. year, right? Which is like thirty seven, thirty eight million, right? That that's what they eat. 
They're not going to eat next year's contract. They can eat it together if they want to. We don't need to get into the. Yeah, we're getting it, we're getting into the weeds. It, it, it ends up being the same. With, with that, do you want to do it all at once, or do you want to spread it out? Knowing the cap's going to go up next year, I can argue both sides. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a. Uh, I mean, do you want to take all of your damage in one season? I would, and I think probably that's where I'd fall. Get it, get it done with. You know, here's the thing, though. You eat it all at once, you know it's going to be a bad season, more than likely. How good a season is it going to be anyway? Come on. I and, mean, you and know. And you know what? And that's my point exactly. You're going to get some major. You're not going to get forgiveness from the fan base, but you're going to get some understanding. Yeah, we could have spread it over two years, but then there's a possibility it could be a rough two years. So we're going to eat it all at once. But then Sean Payton gets a pass for another year. I was, no, that's not fair because he didn't get a pass. I don't this think. Year. Yeah. I, yeah. No, pass, that's not fair. But right. But he'll I, get more of a pass if they eat it all this upcoming season. Yeah. I don't think that the honeymoon phase is still there for Sean. No. But it he, ended when USA Today published. But I do think that people are still. I think after eight years, seven years, they, in a weird kind of way, have become more patiently impatient. Does that make any sense? Because on one hand, you can't keep the carousel going, right? You can't change something every one or two years. And I think that this fan base gets that. They've seen enough of it not working that they know you've got to kind of, at some point, you got to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where we're going to make our stand. This is where we're planting our flag. They planted their flag two years ago when they traded for Russell Wilson. That's where the hope was. Yes. That's where everyone thought, okay, we're finally back on track. And bang, they were awful. Then the following year, they hire Sean Payton. This is the guy who's going to turn it around. Absolutely. And boom. That kind of happened, but they still didn't make the playoffs. They were under 500. They had a great five-week stretch. Other than that, there were points where they were absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, but I do. But but I think the residual of that is still enough goodwill. No, no more honeymoon, but enough goodwill. There are skeptics, and there are people that are, and there are even some that have said, "Well, you know, we're just in the same cycle that we've ever been." I think most are in the cycle of, okay, let's just wait and see what happens here. This guy has at least gotten us to, we're at the point now where one game under 500 is like, oh, well, at least there's been some improvement, which is kind of sad. Optimism for next season will ride on one thing and one thing only. Mark it down. Today's date's what, the 20th? It is. Mark it down. The hope for the future, the hope for next season will ride on one thing only. What quarterback did they take in the draft? That's all that matters. If they decide, even if Penix is awful, even if Knicks is awful, even if J.J. McCarthy is awful, it doesn't matter. Because today, if one of those guys in theory today, I know it's April, I, I know what you're get saying. drafted, it gives you hope. If none of those guys are drafted and all three will be available at 12, they could trade back and still get all three. But if they pass on 
all three of those guys, and then they go with Pratt, who could be terrific for all I know. Yeah. Really raw. There are going to be villagers outside of Dove Valley that with pitchforks yep, and I torches. Would, I would agree. Yep. Outlook and optimism for next season will all ride on who they draft. If they decide to eat all the cap this year, if they have Bo Nix, there's hope. If they decide to spread it out over two years, if they have Bo Nix, there's hope. Same thing with Penix. Same thing potentially with McCarthy, right? It all depends on who they draft. And if they don't take one of those three guys or trade up to get somebody, because hope starts with quarterback. Yeah, there's no question about it. Having said that, that would not be the thing that leads me if I was making those decisions. I, I... with all due respect to the fan base. Right. No, I, I know. Right. And, I mean, it's like that cannot be you, you, you use a very good phrase. You, you know, you'll be sitting with the fans. Right. Right. And, and I, I don't think, I think Sean Payton is. But it gives you no hope. And qu- quite frankly, then you're depending even more on next year. For a quarterback, yeah, in a class. Well, the that, irony is that you're going to, ha- it, and you, I don't think you're wrong at all. I mean, you could, you can pass on one of these three guys if you don't believe in them. That's okay. The question is, okay, now what's your plan? Mm-hmm. Is your plan Jameis Winston? Is your plan Jimmy Garoppolo? Is your plan Ryan Tannehill, Sam Darnold? What's your plan? Yeah. And oh, by the way, I don't care what your plan is. Just make sure it works. Yeah. That because that's what matters. Coming up after the break, Colorado State is now looking for a new athletic director. Hmm. I have a suggestion of a guy they might want to look at who's right in their backyard. That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. Reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos, always great promotions. They're giving away Mustang RTR or nearly $28,000 in cash the weekend of Friday, March 8th. Get finalist entries every half hour from 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings or by redeeming players' points. 
All daily cash drawings, by the way, that don't get picked, they're going to go into a container for a second trance drawing. And on Wednesdays, you can turn that into $7,000. Pretty good. Go check out Sasquatch and Wildcard Casinos up in Blackhawk. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by High Country Performance 4x4 in Inglewood, Colorado's premier one-stop shop for anything and everything 4x4s and trucks. High Country Performance 4x4, building cool shit since 1980. Go to hcp4x4.com. Colorado State, kind of out of nowhere, fired athletic director Joe Parker, who's been around for a while, but he's going to stay on as his advisor, while John Weber, the executive director of CSU's NIL Collective, is going to take over as the interim athletic director. This is all about NIL. This is all about a changing world in college sports. It is my understanding that I was told through this is single sourced, but somebody who is familiar with the situation, that Parker wasn't totally, for lack of a better phrase, as familiar with NIL as he probably should have been. That's why I don't think it's a surprise that John Weber is taking over as the interim guy. Considering the way college sports is right now, does it make sense to hire a guy who is intimately familiar with the collective? Or is there a danger that he certainly knows that, but doesn't necessarily know how to run an athletic department? That seems to be... That's the only thing that makes any sense with the way that this thing was... You you used the term came out of the blue. And he was kept as an advisor. Right. It's not as if they don't want him around. Yeah, right. So, I mean, obviously, this is a guy who's valued. He's going to become the advisor to the university's president. Um, I don't know anything about John Weber and and his background. It's an interim athletic director. Uh, you can make the argument that he's got as big a fish or bigger fish to fry uh, as the executive director of CSU's NIL Collective. So, um yeah, it, it, it's odd to me. The timing is odd. Colorado State, what kind of job is it for an AD? Because to me, I think it's a pretty good, I think it's a great location. I think it's a really solid university. They've got great, they've got good facilities. You can argue about how many, how many waves you can make in the Mountain West. It, it, as it relates to football in particular, because that's obviously what fuels the engine. I would listen to that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, all in all, I think Colorado State has some things to offer. Not at the highest level, because I don't see I don't see you being a part. Now, maybe you've got a better chance to get into the group of five and be in the Not, college There's no football. five anymore. There's no group of five, group right? Group of four. Yeah, group of four. And and get into the 12-team playoff, but I think it's still going to be rare. Allow me to present a controversial name. Mm-hmm. Mike Bone. There are a lot of unbelievable things about him. You just read his resume. Yeah. He's not just qualified for this job. He's overqualified for this job. Let me lay out his case. He raised money for new facilities for the basketball program. Okay. Then moved Colorado to the Pac-12. Raised money for new facilities at Cincinnati. Hired Luke Fickle. Cincinnati became a national power in football. And because of that, he moved them to the Big 12. Then 
he went to USC and he hired Lincoln Riley away from Oklahoma, moved USC to the Big Ten. That was the first domino that really fell in the most recent wave of everything that happened. And oh, by the way, he took over a USC program. To call it in shambles is insulting all organizations that were in shambles. Mm. USC was a hot mess when he took over. With that, let's look at him in another way. He's a Colorado guy. Yeah. Okay. He was an associate AD at Colorado State. As experienced. He worked at Air Force. He was the AD at Colorado. He had his mother lives here. His grandkids live here. His daughter lives here. Mm. He is 63 years old. And you said to me, what makes this job attractive? I'll tell you what doesn't make it attractive for people hiring. And it's two words, stepping stone. That's what Colorado State is. It's a stepping stone job. He's not going anywhere. If he gets this job, he's not going anywhere, especially at his age. There are some problems. Oh, by the way, and he's not working. Oh, he's He's available. available. He's available. There are some serious concerns that I certainly understand, which are there have been multiple reports about him being difficult to work with, toxic environment at Cincinnati, at USC. I'm one of those guys. I don't believe everything that I read. Mm -hmm. I do know Mike Bone, full disclosure. I've known him for a very long time. I know people who not only know Mike Bone, but I know people who worked with Mike Bone. All of these allegations against him, and I'm not defending them. I'm just saying he never had these problems at Colorado, to the best of my knowledge. I don't think suddenly he became some hot-headed, bad, awful guy in his mid-40s when he moved to Cincinnati. I'm sure there's a confluence of things that happened. Whoever made accusations against him, I am not dismissing them. I'm not suggesting they're not even true. But Colorado State should do its due diligence on him and at the very least bring him in and ask him those questions and see what his answers are. He is hands down the most qualified candidate to ever walk through that door as an athletic director. Yeah, I don't have any experience at all with Mike other than track record. Somebody said, and I can look at a track record as well as anyone and see that he's been very good at his job. We, we can talk about NIL. Right? How it's changed the landscape. Somebody said to me on on Twitter, what does he know about NIL? Are you effing kidding me? He was dealing with NIL at USC. Mm -hmm. USC, one of the top college programs in the country. I think he's kind of qualified to understand what NIL is about. But truthfully for Colorado State, if they truly want to survive and not sink into the quicksand like so many other teams are going to do, so many other schools are going to do, They need to find a new conference. And this guy specializes in that. People are going to answer his phone call. He has moved the tectonic plates of realignment. Mm -hmm. He is one of the most influential ADs. I'm not saying this because I know him. In college sports history, he moved three programs to new conferences. Yeah, pretty remarkable. He knows what he's doing. All of the other stuff. I can't sit and debate. I don't know if it's true. And quite frankly, people accusing him that don't know the facts, they don't know if it's true either. Find out. Talk to him. See what he has to say.
it would seem to be it'd be malpractice, yeah, not to at least have a conversation. That's as simple as picking up the phone. So yes, that's all it is. Pick up the phone and 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 kick the tires and see what you got. Maybe you got something or other that really would work. I mean, this is a it's a big time guy, and you're right. The seismic nature of college sports continues. We are, yeah, we're in this whole NIL transfer portal. Yes, it's confusing, and all of these things make it very fluid. He kind of made it work at USC, didn't he? Yeah. And Cincinnati was pretty impressive, too, really, when you think about it. Beyond impressive. Yeah, I mean. He I, hired Luke Fickle. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati played in the in playoff. The college football playoff, Final Four. Right. He yeah. hired the right guy, clearly. He certainly knows what he's doing. Is there some baggage with him? There is no question. Sit him down, force him to explain it to you. And if you don't get the answer that you want, Mike, thanks for coming down. Because Colorado State is an intriguing piece for conference realignment. And if you think that conference realignment is done. It's not. It's not. No, it, it, I, I don't think it is done. And so where is Colorado? I think the biggest question for Colorado State is outside of NIL. And I don't know where they are with their collective. But I think to me, the biggest one is where are you situated for the next wave of inevitable movements in college sports? Are you situated to improve your plight? You have a guy who has been the architect of three significant moves in the school's history where he worked. He didn't read the book. You can make the case he co-authored the book on moving. Period. Like I said, I don't have any experience with Mike other than being able to read his resume, and the resume is pretty impressive. It's beyond impressive. Yeah. But that's it really, one, really is. And that's one-dimensional. Obviously, it's not three-dimensional. I don't, I don't know all of the things, and you've done a really good job laying it out, but I know that he's had great success at Colorado, Cincinnati, and USC. Somebody fired back at me, a Cincinnati Bearcats fan, uh-huh. about all of the stuff that allegedly happened in Cincinnati. I responded back to him, that's rich considering you had Bob Huggins. You didn't have any problems when Bob Huggins was winning, did you? No. When he was graduating 27% of his players, when he was drinking all the time, getting DUIs, you didn't have any problems with that, did you? Well, because his team was winning. Not a problem, right? He took over a USC program, well-documented. That program was in shambles when he took over. Look at them now. Yes, he probably had problems with people in the athletic department. People who are successful, generally speaking, have pretty big egos. Well, you got to break eggs, right? To make an omelet. Isn't that the saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so. if we're talking about allegations of sexual harassment. Okay, that changes and, things. And there, there are allegations there. However, and I, I don't want to take away, and I don't want to get in trouble for saying this. I'm not saying people overreact about sexual harassment. But in the environment that we live in, if a player if a female player wins a game and you put your arm around her and say congratulations 
That is sexual harassment. Period. That's sexual harassment. You can make that claim. Would you agree? Uh, he yeah. touched me. Now, if he touched somebody inappropriately. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to differentiate. And, and that's my things. point. I'm not an attorney. Right. It doesn't really matter what I think. And quite frankly, it really doesn't matter what Mike Bone thinks. It matters to the person who received it. Of course it does. Of course it does. But there are different levels. Although all of it can still feel the same. And that is unfortunate. Have a conversation. That's all I'm saying to their president. Have a conversation. And if you don't feel good about it, don't hire him. Don't put him on a short list. But everything that you need, he brings in spades. You will not get any, anyone more qualified walking through that door. If you have questions, ask them. That's the purpose of an interview. And by the way, at age 63 and having done all of this, probably not looking for another job that's, either. That's what I just said earlier. Yeah, right? He's not going anywhere. Sure. He is from here. Yeah. His family lives here. He, it is an he in- wants to retire here. It certainly is an intriguing stone to turn, at the very least. And if they don't, it's, it is it is job search malpractice not to interview him. I understand that if these allegations are all correct, Colorado State probably puts themselves in a very bad legal position if something happens. What would I do if I do hire him? I would look at Mike and I'd say, you, you are going to get the Bobby Knight zero tolerance policy. Mm-hmm. Anything that happens, we don't pay you anything and you are out. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the He's day. He's not a bad guy. He is not Bobby Knight. Right. He is not. But like I said, Colorado State to me is intriguing. They've got a beautiful football facility. It's already built. A program that, frankly, still hasn't risen to that level, but. I think that you can see some things that make you feel good about where that program is going. Uh, certainly, the the basketball program, the men's basketball program, is in that an outstanding. Doesn't place. matter. It's all about. I know. Football. I know. It doesn't all matter. All about football. But but right. But you want to have a good footprint. Um, you want to have a a healthy, functioning, competitive. Uh, athletic department. And and I think that Colorado State has that. Colorado State has a really good basketball team. But until they string together the same success as Gonzaga, and that's a history. Well, that takes 20, that takes 25 years. Then I mean. you have the opportunity to move to a bigger conference. Mm-hmm. It takes a much longer road to get to a new conference through basketball than it does with five great years of football. Oh, yeah. Well, football is football is the is the fuel. Coming up after the break, Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce has an answer for stopping Patrick Mahomes. It's called the Jordan Rules. That's next. Oh, no. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle. 
presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor and rental yard equipment featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, air compressors, and more. Auction is open right now. RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. Raiders head coach Antonio Pierce is trying to take a page out of the Detroit Pistons playbook in which Detroit had the Jordan rules in the late 1980s on Michael Jordan. This is what Pierce had to say. We've got the Jordan rules and we've got what I'm calling now and from now on as long as I am here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. The Pistons used to whoop his ass. Anytime he came to the hole, elbows, love taps. They were in his head mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. (laughs) So I showed my guys Jordan getting his ass whooped. We've got to knock the head off the snake. Antonio, this isn't when you used to play linebacker. Nope. Different world. Different rules. You want to go Jordan rules? Yeah. 15-yard penalty, 15-yard penalty, 15-yard penalty. Yeah, get get ready to be look, I mean, I get the whole trying to define who we are and we want to wear it on our sleeves and we want that Raiders uncompromising toughness, grittiness, borderline dirtiness. I whatever the case may be. I get that. It's valuable. It has its place. Met I I guess. You know, I don't. I don't believe really at the NFL level. There's a whole hell of a lot of psyching out the other guys, but whatever it takes, right? But in this day and age, quarterbacks are protected. It isn't like it was 20 years ago. I mean, quarterbacks are going to be protected. Yep. And I, I just see this as okay. This is who we want to be, but I don't think that you can get to the whole reality of what the Jordan rules really were for the Pistons when guys could do virtually anything that they wanted. You couldn't do the Jordan rules now in the NBA, right? You just couldn't do it. Listen, if you want to beat Patrick Mahomes, this is my suggestion draft or bring in guys like Devin white, Levante Davis, Anton Winfield, um, I don't know, Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue, Vita Vea, bringing those guys. There's a blueprint on mm-hmm. how to beat Patrick Mahomes. Have a defense like that to have him running all over the field yeah. to make him look silly. But it's hard to build that way. Of course. Because you're going to completely ignore your offense. Yeah. I mean, there's one team that I, there are very few teams in NFL history that I, not history, there are very few teams, and I can remember over the last 10-plus years, that lined up and said, this is how we're going to play. I don't care what you try to do. We're going to only rush four guys. That's it. We rush four guys, and that's it, and we're going to beat the hell out of you every single time. And that was the 2013 Seahawks. That's why they absolutely dismantled 
the highest scoring offense in NFL history, the Denver Broncos. They only rushed four. They rarely have ever blitzed, and they didn't have to. Their secondary was as good as any secondary in NFL history. And yes, I'm sorry, certainly rivaling the no-fly zone. And then their front seven would beat the hell out of you. Yes, that's how you beat Patrick Mahomes. Good luck being able to put all those pieces together because you're going to have to ignore your offense. But you can't keep hitting Patrick Mahomes like Max Crosby tries to do all the time. How many times? And expect not to get flagged all the time. How many times do you do the Raiders play the Chiefs? Twice. Oh, okay. And there are 17 games in a season? Right. Okay. Right. So I got to account for 15 other games? Right. Hmm. Well, look. Here's my deal. Well, you can make the case. If you're doing that to Patrick Mahomes, you're going to do that to every quarterback. Uh, yeah. You're going to do that to every quarterback. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes provides different challenges than other quarterbacks. But but to your point, I, I would concede. But here's the deal. I don't like the whole thing about other teams affecting who we are. And, and by that, I mean very simply you got to be who you are. Well, hold on. The best version of who you are cannot be determined by what other people are doing. You've got to be the best of what of what you are. Well, sometimes, well, let me look this up to make sure I have the right year. Can I get some thinking music? Ah, uh, there we go. I'm, I think it is 2005 was this draft. I'm pretty sure this was the draft, but I'm not 100% sure. So let me look this up. 2005 Broncos draft. There we go. Okay, got it. After the Broncos got their teeth kicked in by Peyton Manning and the Colts, a game that I was at Mm -hmm. in Indianapolis, what did Mike Shanahan do to try and combat Peyton Manning? First pick, Darren Williams. Next pick in the draft, Carl Pema. Next pick in the draft, Dominique Foxworth. We better get ourselves some cornerbacks to find a way to slow down Marvin Harrison and Brandon Stokely and the rest of that offense. That's what they tried to do. Sometimes you have to draft to combat the team that you know you're going to have to beat. If you're close enough, if you if you are close enough. Reggie Wayne, by the way, as well, who basically put Rock Alexander into the witness relocation program. Yeah. You know, you've got to be close enough that a piece here or there is going to make a big difference. So, but at the, at, at the base of things, you've got to be good about who you are. And because there are all kinds of ways that you attack a Patrick Mahomes, right? You just, you just laid out one. Are, are your front four winning battles? Are you winning battles with your front seven? Is there a way that you are constantly pressuring a guy who's, Maybe the greatest quarterback of all time against pressure. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll simplify this. Then we got to hit a break. Your front four, if they're that good, like the Seahawks were, mm-hmm. they never had to blitz. They always lined up the same way. Yeah, well, because I you mean, win the battles up front. There really wasn't much to dissect in the Seahawks defense going into that Super Bowl. We know exactly how they're going to line up, and they were like Nebraska's offense and Oklahoma's offense back in the 1980s. It was like the Green Bay Packers offense in the 1960s. We are going to continue to do the same thing over and over again Mm -hmm. until you find a way to beat us, and nobody beat them. And hence, we get back to my contention is 
be the best of what you can be to put the pressure. That's where you put the pressure on the other team. Make them respond to you. They always have the upper hand if you are responding to them. I would say this. Start with a guy who can compliment Max Crosby because Chandler Jones did not work out. Nope. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed Angels third baseman Anthony Rendon had some interesting comments when asked if baseball is a priority for him and which of the four major sports has changed the most in the last 30 years. That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for vehicles, contractor, rental yard equipment, featuring ATVs, UTVs, tools, air compressors, and more. Auction is open at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Okay, guys, just in case you missed it, Angels often third baseman Anthony Rendon, who is making $38 million a year, was asked if baseball is a top priority for him, and he said, it has never, never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family come first before this job, so if those things come before it, I am leaving. Uh, these comments upset a lot of people. What do you make of uh, what Anthony Rendon said here? Makes an awful lot of money, and you want... As a fan, you want to hear something different out of him when he's making that much money. Not that you're paying the money to him, because really you're not, but you want more commitment, verbal commitment, public commitment to being the type of player that he was in Washington that he hasn't been in the four years that he's been in Anaheim. I'm going to tell a quick story, and I'll try and be brief. I was standing on the sidelines at a training camp for the Broncos. I was standing next to a former Bronco player. And I looked at him and I said, you miss being out there. He goes, oh, gosh, not at all. I said, really, why? He said, well, to be honest with you, I was never really passionate about football. I'm 6'4", 6'5", you know, weigh about 200, however many pounds, 235, 240. He said, I was expected to play. Look at me. I was expected to play football. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I played to the best of my ability, but I was never truly passionate about it. Go to any business, even where people make a lot of money. They do the best that they can, yeah. but it doesn't mean it's their number one passion. Right. I know that's not what fans want to hear. Sure. I can promise you there are guys in every single locker room and every single sport 
that really like what they do, but it doesn't mean it's their number one priority and they're totally passionate about it. It's just not realistic. When I heard him say that, I related to that because of the story that I was told. It's it's just not possible to get everybody in the locker room who is 100%, this is all that's important to me. It would be nice. I, I wouldn't have minded hearing that quite as much, I think, if I'm a fan. If you're coming off 32 homers and 121 driven in, you hit 314, and your team has, you know, reached the playoffs. Right. The Angels are a floundering franchise with very little upside, and everything that they continue to do, throwing money at things, comes back in their face. As a fan base, I get the frustration. Yeah, I do too. On a personal level, I get where he's coming from. Yep. Doesn't mean he's still not he's not trying. Problem is that he's averaged about 48, 50 games over the last four years. So, I mean... You need to have some sort of a commitment. Yeah. And I get it. But I understand in some ways where he's coming yeah, from. Yeah, but optics and, and, and actions have conspired against him when you say something like that. And, you, ma- and you make that much money. Yes, that's the problem. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You want to redesign your entire kitchen? They have a staff that can help you do that. You know, for Rendon, yeah. it's a job. It's not a career. <laughs> it's right. Okay, let's call yeah. it like it is. Sure. For these people at that work at Mountain High Appliance, this is their career. You go to the big box stores, it's a job. It's a means to get someplace else, right? Plus, you want really low-cost appliances, but still high-end. Go to the Clarence Center in Denver. You and I both bought sure. things from there. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. Again, you can find their Clarence Center in Denver. Coming up after the break, the salary cap is expected to move way up. This is good news for all teams, but specifically for the Broncos when they look at their PL before the start of this upcoming league year. We'll explain why next. Decided to cheat. 